Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Retirement Tips Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today I have with me Joel Solomon with Solomore Management. Welcome, Joel. Lee, thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn more about your work. Uh, tell us what you're up to. How are you serving folks? So first of all, Solomore, it's an unusual name, but it's it's named after my daughters, Lauren and Morgan, which... You know, they teach me every day. They've taught me about unconditional love. So my company, Solomon, is named after my daughters. Very, I'm a very proud dad. So what I do is I am a prosperity coach. And there's not too many of us out there. All I do is teach. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial planner. I teach people how to change their mindset around money from limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs from poverty and lack and scarcity to abundance and prosperity. I teach people a lot of the rules in my recent book, The Nine Money Rules Millionaires Use. And then I go into investing, teach people about what is a stock, what is a bond. I teach them about my five-step proprietary stock screen and real estate or whatever investment they're interested in. And then there are people who come to me really struggling, you know, in the last few months, paycheck to paycheck, or have been laid off. And so we work on their credit score, how to improve their credit score, teach them how it's calculated, and teach them how to go from negative cash flow to positive cash flow. Now, do you find that what holds most people back isn't necessarily kind of lack of knowledge, because there's so much knowledge out there, it's just they get in their own way sometimes? Absolutely, Lee. It's really about the mindset. And unfortunately, a lot of us were taught growing up things that they or we should not have been taught. I, I know I was taught, you know, that's too expensive. We can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. I even got screamed at when I left the light on in my room if uh, we were going out. You know, we're not a shareholder of Long Island Lighting Company. Turn that light off. And, and all that comes from a mentality of there's not enough. You know, if I have more than you have to have less and it's, it's really not serving us. So that really is the foundation. You know, there's tons of information out there, obviously, but if you don't have the right mindset, you could win the lottery. And I talk about this in my book, you could win the lottery and it's actually true. More than 95% of lottery winners have five years after they've won the lottery less money than they did the day before they won it. And then and it, that's, right. and that's because of having the, not having the millionaire mindset. Now, and that, and that even creeps into other, like you see a lot of uh, athletes, professional athletes who all of a sudden, you know, have hundred million dollar contracts and they're struggling after their time is up playing their sport. It's exactly the same thing. It's like they won the lottery and they don't know how to have the mindset of they're worth it. You know, a lot of people 
come from this mentality of I'm not worthy or, you know, I have, I have a whole uh, financial freedom survey that people can fill out on my website for free. And it's really telling because a lot of people I, I go through in a different statements, do you believe this is true or false? And one of them is I am worthy of massive wealth. And it's a very large percentage. I, I've probably, there's probably close to 200 people who have filled out the survey online and I'd say a very large percentage, maybe 75% of the people say uh, false. I am not worthy of massive wealth. Now, what, why do you think that is? It, it's exactly what we just talked about. You know, you're, you've, most people grow up thinking and being taught by their parents that, that you know, money is not available. There's not abundance everywhere. They have to work hard to be rich and successful. All these are just limiting beliefs that were taught growing up and you know, they're not, they're not truths, you know, it's just beliefs. But is that, is that true of the younger generation? I would imagine like I can see somebody my age thinking that cause my parents lived through the depression and their parents, you know, struggled when they got here. But the people of today that are just pumped up with, um, you know, everybody cared about their self-esteem and we're building them up and telling them how great they are. Are they still suffering from that same ailment? Well, the, the young people that, that have come to me, so maybe it's a little uh, biased uh, subset, but the people who come to me in their 20s, they, they have that, that mindset of struggle. Um, a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck, they don't um, believe that they're worthy of, of this massive wealth. And, and so at least the people who are coming to me, and maybe, again, maybe it's a biased subset, but they're, they're not coming to me with, oh, I have very high self-esteem and I'm worthy of this massive wealth. Now, how were you able to make the transition from that scarcity mentality into this abundance mentality? What happened in your life that kind of shifted your perspective? That's a great question. I think the general, in general, I found that either you need a coach or some life event happens that, that shifts you and your personality and your mindset dramatically. And for me, it was my, my divorce 12 years ago that made me uh, realize that, you know, I, I am worthy, I can do it myself. And, you know, one was, was the fact that I had a burning desire uh, to become rich. And the second was out of necessity, because I had a big uh, amount of child support I had to fund. And for the first time in my life, I had like a significant obligation. Whereas uh, prior to that, I really didn't have any real obligations. And so that really stirred me to change my mindset, do a lot of research. And for me, my Bible uh, for the last 12 years uh, since I've been divorced is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's one of my favorite books. And it really shift, shifted my mindset to know that, one, I, I am worthy. And two, that you know, money is available when you change your thoughts. You know, if you're thinking that you know, it's really difficult out there, it's hard to find a job, it's hard to make money, well, that's what you get. But if you believe and think that there's plenty of opportunities out there, no matter how old you are, no matter what your background, then the opportunities are endless. Now, let's share with the audience um, your background because you're, you're you had quite a, a 
a career in financial uh, in the financial industry, and uh, you were pretty successful. You wrote a few best-selling books. Talk about that a little bit, and then how you were able to, as a child, kind of enter that world, and then now at this stage, you've kind of gone the second this second act. Yeah, no, great question, Lisa. Thank you. I I started my career as an actuary, and I'm sure a lot of people don't actually know what an actuary is. I, I tell people the difference between an accountant and an actuary is an actuary looks at his feet when he talks to you. An accountant looks at your feet when they talk to you. <laughs> you know, they say an accountant is an actuary with charisma, right? Um, I'm not the typical actuary, but it really what an actuary does is they'll calculate the premiums you have to pay for your car insurance or home insurance or life insurance or disability insurance, and they do a lot of mathematical calculations and there's a lot of exams you have to take to be certified to actually sign the financial statements of insurance companies. So I went through all those exams and one of the exams was on investments and I was doing some investing on my own. And it hit me one day that I really didn't like what I was doing during my day, but I really enjoyed investing. And if there was any way to align my hobby and my career, wow, that would just be fun. And so I started talking to actuaries all around the country and trying to find one who was actually doing investing. I didn't really find any, but I did find one on Wall Street who is making recommendations about stocks. And he told me how he got there. And he said, well, if you could do this, then you know, you're really one step away from being an investor. So, but everyone else I talked to, they gave me massive doubt. They said, they said, Joel, like you have the best job in the country. In fact, the actuary was on the cover of Forbes magazine back in 1992 as the, as the best job in the United States. And I was making $110,000 at 27 years old. And I passed all those exams, taking me seven years. So no, everyone I talked to said, don't do it, don't switch. But uh, so I had a lot of doubt myself and other people gave me the doubt. And so I, now I teach my clients hashtag doubt the doubt. Why have faith in your doubt, but have faith in your dreams. So it took me 15 years, long story short, but I eventually became a portfolio manager, managing money at, at City, uh, managing a hedge fund. And that, that hedge fund uh, ultimately grew to $700 million. And I made money in 2008. And in 2009, when some of you may remember the in 2008, the stock market was down 40% and financial stocks, those were the only stocks I was managing were down 57. So we made a little bit of money that year and then made more money in 2009. But eventually they shut down the whole division because a law was passed that said banks can't own hedge funds, which gave me the impetus to start my own fund. So I started my own hedge fund, betting that some stocks were going to go up, other stocks were going to go down in, uh, in 2012. And I shut it down in 2016 because I had an epiphany when I went to a personal development course. Uh, two things happened at the course. One was we had this guy speaking about stocks and stock options. And when he was speaking about options, he made it sound like it was a get rich quick scheme. You don't need much time. You don't need much money. This is how the rich people get rich. And options are essentially riskless. 
Well, I was literally sick to my stomach. I had people tapping me on the shoulder, whispering in my ear, Joel, does this make sense? So we went outside of the auditorium after he was done. There's about 200 people in this conference. And I told him, please don't do this. He has no idea about your earnings or cash flow or assets or risk tolerance. And most importantly, no idea about your belief that you can make money in stock options. And uh, so the second thing that happened at that course was we were given a wooden board two inches thick and we were told we had to break it with our bare hands. Lee, I don't know if you've done this, but there was a lot of fear in that room. It was like 45 minutes of, of learning how to break the board so you wouldn't break your hand. And uh, the exercise was called obstacles or illusions. And on one side, we had to write our biggest obstacles. So I wrote raising enough money for my hedge fund for it to be a long-term viable entity. And then on the other side, I wrote my ultimate goal, making everybody in this room financially free. So I broke that board like the other 200 people did and went home that night and I couldn't sleep three, three thirty, four in the morning. The board was staring back at me. Actually, half the board was staring back at me, making everybody in this room financially free. And then it hit me that if I could ever get up the courage to speak in front of 200 people, I could do a better job than that guy did who was speaking about stock options. You know, because my fear, my biggest fear in life back then was public speaking. And I realized that I would be more authentic than him. He was really misleading these people. And finally, it hit me. I don't remember exactly when, 4.35 in the morning. So I went into my office in Midtown Manhattan, 54th and 6th Avenue. And I, I sent an email to my investors. I told them I'm giving them their money back. I'm shutting down my fund because I found my true purpose. And so I, my, my lawyer was very mad at me. It took... Uh, basically the whole 2016 to legally uh, shut down the funds and the legal entities. But uh, I was, I was, uh, you know, ready to move on. And so now I'm, as I mentioned, prosperity, I'm a prosperity coach and teaching people about how to become financially free. So there's been a couple of times in your life where you had these kind of moments that were very pivotal, that it was, pick this road or that road. And um, both times you picked kind of the unconventional, you know, the road less traveled. Um, what gave you the courage at those kind of moments to make that choice? You know, it's a great question, Lee. I, 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 rule number two in the nine money rules millionaires use is trust your intuition. And I really was going, it's interesting for a guy who's very analytical, right? Uh, somebody who's a math and statistics major in college and an actuary and analyst who goes by the numbers. But I will tell you that it's really important to trust your intuition. And my intuition was, was screaming at me to go this route. This is your purpose. This is what you're supposed to be doing and not analyze it, not overanalyze it. And, and I talk about this in my book. I say, look, I found when I was managing my hedge fund and managing money for city that if I didn't trust my intuition, I either lost money or I made less money. And it's a very powerful thing. So it, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's based on many years of experience. It's really not like, Oh, you know, willy nilly, but you know, your intuition really takes into account all your learnings. Some may say your learnings, not only from this lifetime, but prior lifetimes. But whichever way you look at it, there's a lot of 
learnings and experience that go into you know making a decision just based on quote unquote your gut feel and so that that really is how i made you know went those paths because when i my intuition was telling me you know this is the way to go and your intuition didn't happen one time like this was kind of a gnawing intuition that was kind of uh, saying, hey, consider this, and you were just kind of adding up all these different data points and then maybe breaking the board was the final one that got you over that hump. But it wasn't like I break a board and all of a sudden it's like now I'm changing directions. Right. I mean, your intuition is really strong and it's giving you signals all day, every day, and you just got to tap into it. And And so, yes, that's true. It wasn't like that specific moment, but a lot of things were leading up to it that were then made that the pivotal moment, but there were a lot of. There were bread, right. There were breadcrumbs. There there were breadcrumbs. When you look back, there were, there were signs there that maybe you weren't putting as much weight into, but uh, the accumulation over time led you to this decision. Absolutely. So now, um, that your life is now this of helping people uh, become more prosperous. What have you learned? Well, for me, it really is just so powerful when, you know, I'm helping somebody and I see the light bulb go off, you know, being of service to others, which is actually chapter one in my first book, mindful money management is really what I'm all about. And it's just so rewarding to me. Like when I was managing my own hedge fund and managing a large company's money, it was great to help the company make more money, but there wasn't any light bulb going off. There wasn't like, wow, I'm really making a difference. And when you're teaching people one-on-one, I also do group coaching. When I'm doing that and people are giving me feedback, and um, I clearly see the difference being made. That's that's what's really you know, makes makes it exciting, and and I think that's why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing because I I, I see myself actually helping people and making a difference. So now in your practice, and you decide, hey, I'm going to be um, a coach now, and because you weren't a coach before, and I don't know if you were even a kind of little league coach or a a coach in any way previously, but now you put on a coach hat. How did you develop a curriculum, uh, you know, kind of a process, your own kind of um, special way of of being a coach to help people get to this next level of prosperity? That's a great question. I, I guess I knew I wanted to teach people first about investing but I also wanted, and I'd taken some different personal development courses and realized that the mindset was really important. But I think it was in 2016 that, you know, some synchronicities happened that led me to a guy named Mike Dooley, who's a New York Times bestselling author of this book, Infinite Possibilities. Right. Doesn't he have and a website about the universe? Like, uh, yes, he, 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 uh, he actually writes an email every day called note from the universe that goes out to 850,000 people globally. 
So I connected with him in 2016. I got certified as uh, by him to teach infinite possibilities and a lot of it's on mindset. And so I combined those concepts about infinite possibilities with money. And so that's how the curriculum kind of came together is from some of his concepts with my concepts on investing and personal finance to put those two together to have a good solid foundation. And the curriculum has kind of evolved over the last three and a half years as I helped people and seen what's worked, see what hasn't worked. It's been a little bit of trial by error. Uh, and yes, I, I mean, I, I wasn't ever, you know, a quote unquote teacher, but I've been in mentoring programs and so I, I, I think throughout my life, I, you know, for me, helping others has been an important part of my life, but it was never like, oh, you're the coach or you're a teacher. But mentoring, I've been, you know, I ment mentored kids uh, previously, or like when I was an actuary, they had, you know, the senior actuaries mentoring the junior actuaries. And I, I did when I, uh, obviously, when I had my own fund, I was managing a few people. And when I was... Uh, I worked at a, a company called Swiss Reinsurance Company. I managed seven people managing the New York office. So I have experience, you know, helping and managing others and teaching. For me, when you're managing people, it's all about teaching them to get to the next level. So I have that experience. Um, and and so, you know, going back to the prosperity coaching, it's it's really merging mindset and process in order to get people to become financially free. So now walk me through, like, say I, I raise my hand and say, hey, Joel, I'm in, um, coach me up. So what what is the beginning, the onboarding look like uh, in a relationship with you? Yeah, thanks. Great question, Lee. So the first step is really to fill out the financial freedom survey on my website that goes through, you know, what they think their financial freedom number is, what they do, what, you know, imagine being financially free. What What does that look like for you? And then we go through questions on mindset. And for me, the, the grounding, you know, people, some people have come to me and said, Joel, I want to learn your five-step proprietary stock screen. That's it. Or I want to learn all about real estate. You have a chapter on real estate. You have a seven-step screen on real estate. I want to learn about real estate. I want to be a great real estate investor. So I take them back to mindset and we, we st I start for everybody with belief systems and mindset, because you could start out and say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really interested in the stock market. But if you tell me, well, stock market's really risky, you're starting from a point where you're almost deemed to fail. Because if you're believing that you know, stocks are risky, you know, I'm going to lose all my money. There's a, you know, every, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, every stock I could lose all my money, you know, that's the mindset you're going in with. So the mindset piece is really important. So we go through the financial freedom survey. Everybody gets 30 minutes free, by the way, Lee. So anybody listening, you know, go onto my website, you can sign up for 30 minutes free. I have time slots available, a few every week. You can do that. And so that's, and it really depends on what their interest is. So some people come to me and they, you know, they want to learn about stocks. So we, we get the mindset first and then we teach them about stocks. And some people say, oh, I have no idea 
where I want to invest. So I, I go through all different types of investments. Some people say I want to start a new business. So I have a whole curriculum on how to start a business to be successful and, you know, look at business planning. You know, I've started two businesses now. A lot of people have a great vision for their business, but they have no idea about the numbers. So we go through mindset and then we go into the numbers. And then some people are really just want to get out of debt. So each situation can be very different. You know, I've taught, there was uh, two people who came to me and said they want to change careers, you know, completely. Basically what I did twice, you know, I, I went from being an actuary to being a hedge fund manager and then from a hedge fund manager to a prosperity coach, completely different careers, right? So I teach people how to actually get to their dream job and first get the mindset in place and then be able to shift to a place where they can be doing their dream job, either work for themselves or at a company. So it's been pretty much all over the lot but you know, I can. I, I love helping people. That's the the basis of it. And I help. Pe- I like to help people become financially free. And if I can help them get that dream job, they're passionate about it. They're making more money. That's awesome. Or get them to start their own company and and live that dream. That's great as well. So you're kind of agnostic on the how you get there, but uh, foundationally, it's all about the mindset. It doesn't matter which path you want to go down, whether it's, uh, you know, stocks, real estate, entrepreneurship, uh, get out of debt. It, th- that is kind of your flex to whatever their interests are or, or at the foundation of their beliefs. But if you don't get the mindset right, it doesn't matter what path you pick. It's gonna, You're going to have a hard time. Absolutely. So now, is there anything that listeners can do today before they call you? Is there any low-hanging fruit? Is there anything, a tip or a uh, exercise a person could go through that can open their mind to this kind of thinking? Because a lot of people are kind of in that box of it's a zero-sum game. You know, the rich are getting richer and I'm getting poorer. You know, this kind of victim mentality. Um, what can you share that can maybe open their mind a little bit? Yeah, the last part is is actually one of the statements on the financial freedom survey. You know, do the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? And I I absolutely don't believe that at all. Many examples of, of poor people reaching up and and living their dreams, and and a lot of examples of rich people falling down. So again, that's all about mindset. So here's one exercise I recommend is. And maybe I'll tell a quick story first because it's a it's a great story that that gives the example. So, two bu- two guys buy Bitcoin on November 27, 2017. and the first guy he's done his research, he's read the white papers, he knows he's going to make money. So, if you asked him on a scale of one to ten, what his belief level, where one is massive doubt and ten is absolute faith, he's a ten. Now, second guy, he's got a tip from a buddy of his who says, dude, you got to get involved. It's going higher. It's up eight times this year. It's going higher. The guy says, oh, I don't know. It seems risky. It seems speculative. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Now, he's a one. He has massive doubt. So they both buy Bitcoin, $8,000, November 27th. A few days later, it's up at 10000 And the first guy says, see, I told you I was going to make money. And the second guy says, I hope it doesn't go back down. 
And a few days later, it's back down at 8,000. And the first guy says, this is the best buying opportunity out there. And he buys more. The second guy, he sells. He is so grateful he didn't lose any money on Bitcoin. Three weeks later, Bitcoin's at $19,500. The first guy sells then, and he's made almost 250% on his money in less than one month. Now, if you annualize that, that's 30 times your money in a year. So what I tell my clients and I want to tell the listeners is to write down your level of belief from one to 10 in each investment you currently own or each potential investment. And if you're not at least a seven, say seven, eight, nine, or 10, don't go there because what's going to happen is you're going to be buying when you should be selling or selling when you should be buying. Yeah. The markets don't ring a bell when they hit the high or the low, right? That's a, it's it's kind of a leap of faith on both sides. So have a game plan so that it isn't that driven by emotion. It's kind of just working your plan. No, a lot of people reached out to me in March this year in 2020. And when, you know, things were really bad, you know, the, the virus was spreading, you know, globally, you know, nationally, especially here in New York. And people were like, okay, I should get out, right? I'm like, well, what's, you know, have a plan. And what's your belief in your individual stocks? And how are they going to be impacted by this? So having a plan and, and knowing what your belief level is, I first step, okay, what's your belief level in each of your stocks? Or what's your belief level in your real estate investment? What's your belief level in your different funds? Because again, if you're like, oh my God, I have, you know, my belief is a one. Well, you shouldn't have been invested in the first place, but that's not going to be helpful, you know, in a time of fear. So you know, really understanding your investments. And that's why my first book is called Mindful Money Management. You know, it's it's important to have the right mindset and and know what your belief system is in each of your investments. Good stuff, Joel. Well, if somebody wants to get a hold of your book, um, what's the title of the latest book? So the latest book is called The Nine Money Rules Millionaires Use, and the subtitle is Only the Unconventional Ones. You can find it on my website. That's S-A-L-E-U-R-M-O-R.com or on Amazon. It's a little bit cheaper, and maybe these days you might actually get it a little bit quicker if you get it from Salamore.com. Good stuff, Joel. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Retirement Tips Radio. Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.